0: Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Targa. Thanks for joining us today. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background, our guest today is one Avi Walter. Bassist for several DC bands, including Albino Rhino, Bells and Hunters, All the Best Kids, and is now the bassist for the group Friday Night Flicks, a project which began during our global health pandemic in April of 2020. In addition to his passion for music, Avi has a degree in alternative medicine and physiology, so health and human performance are strong interests of his. Especially as someone who continues to create music and art and everything that that entails, he's very interested in getting the best work out of himself. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing Frank Zappa and his self-produced 1974 record titled Apostrophe. Apostrophe was recorded at Electric Lady Studios in New York City, Bollock Sound in Inglewood, California, as well as Paramount Studios in Hollywood. It was released on Discreet Records as well. Avi, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you here on Cover to Cover.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Matt. I'm happy to be here, happy to be talking with you. And if, if it's all right, I'll just add one more band to that to that list, which is Golden Girls.
0: Good to know. Thank um, you.
1: Not related to the TV show, no covering. Uh, thank you for being a friend, um, but great dudes to play with and just released an EP that I'll have to look up the name for and mention later. But they're on Spotify, Golden Girls, uh, Afternoon Views, and a new EP. Well,
0: well, excellent. I will be sure to drop several links in the show notes uh, for people to learn more about the projects that you're currently involved with right now. Thank you. Yeah. So we're talking about all things Frank Zappa today. What? Where did this begin for you? What made you feel compelled to choose this 18th record from Frank.
1: Um so when when I started thinking about what record to choose and and really uh sort of identify with, I was like, well, I could go something with something older and it's like, oh, I've loved this record since forever. Um but I start, figured I would talk about a record that's recently become much more meaningful to me. Um and I remember taking this record out for a walk in the snow in February of this year. Um, and you know, put on my big headphones and just spent some time with the record, and it blew me away. Um, I especially enjoy um the first couple of tracks, which I've seen on YouTube called Oh, The Snow Sweet or something like that. Um, and I think it's great storytelling, and I was really impressed with the way that the music lines up with the narrative that he's telling and so there's a lick there's a piece of music that needs to be played in order to get you to saint alfonso's pancake house and all right here's what that lick sounds like and um when he talks about trudging across the tundra you know you get me get a little sound effect that's like okay he's walking across and uh the combination the marriage of form and content is what really struck me and and impressed me a lot and is something that I strive for. Hopefully, hopefully I I accomplish some of it in my own music. And so with, so I figured I was like, well, Friday Night Flicks is sort of in the vein of um, content and form. And so um, with, since that's the direction I'm going in myself, hopefully um, I've taken a lot from Frank and from this record Friends,
0: we're talking with Avi Walter here on Cover to Cover with Mad Tarka about Frank Zappa's uh, apostrophe. Um, Avi, who is the vocalist and lead singer of Frank Zappa? Is it Frank? And can you tell our listeners, you know, who some of the additional players are on this particular record from Mr. Zappa?
1: Sure thing. Uh, so, Frank is, as far as I'm concerned, is certainly the main vocalist. Um, although you'll hear background singers, certainly. Um, And for the most part, he sings his songs on most of the records as far as I know. Um, I know there's a song 50-50 on Overnight Sensation, which uh, someone else in the band sings. But for the most part, uh, Frank sings on these. And I had to go back and look at the personnel for this record myself, because I knew things I knew of Ruth Underwood, who's his percussionist. So she plays marimba and vibraphone and some of the other awesome instruments that we get to hear. And I knew that she was in the band with the jazz piano player, George Duke, and that he played with Frank. I did not realize that they were on this record. For some reason, I thought they were just in touring band. Um, There's also John Luke Ponty from ma vishnu orchestra i believe um he plays on this record and i would be remiss if i didn't mention jim gordon on drums who's who went on to become um a very much recorded session drummer and they say jack bruce plays bass on apostrophe but i also see that there's controversy about that so i'm not gonna i can't speak to that unfortunately i was not there
0: yeah, there's. I I know a little bit of the story about Jack Bruce, and that is he he never technically play, picked up a bass guitar to play. He played some kind of a a cello section that made you know the final cut, as it were. But uh, Frank definitely believes that Jack played on that particular cut. <laughs> so you know that's kind of left out there in the ether for people to to uh, understand, figure out. Draw their own conclusions too, I suppose um, I believe there's an uncredited uh, artist as well that's uh, one of the backing singers uh I think Tina Turner's on one of these tracks on apostrophe if I'm not mistaken
1: oh um i that would be amazing I mean i I hope we should all be so lucky as to be able to debate whether or not we got to record with Frank right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, we're talking with bassist Avi Walter here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka about Frank Zappa's apostrophe. Um, how did you discover this record, Avi? Um, can you give us a little bit of a a background? Uh, did a family member introduce you to the record? Did you discover, it, uh, you know, through a group of friends? How did that How did that occur?
1: Um, I certainly remember hearing my dad make jokes about "Don't eat the yellow snow." which um, is the, first, the name of the first track on this record. I don't know when I first heard Apostrophe in high school. I do remember buying the Frank Zappa record, Cheap Thrills, which is just a compilation. And I don't think any of the tracks from this record are on there or none of them made an impact on me from that record. Um, I don't remember the first time I heard Apostrophe, but just wanting to learn more about writing music and writing music that's interesting and not uh, and that's unconventional drew me toward toward this. And it was just trying, to, especially because everything was shut down. So it was like, uh, all it was was all I could do was write music, but not pl- necessarily be able to play it out. And so he was inspirational to me in in that way as well, just writing music for a band. Um, And so a lot of that was, a lot of it was me coming back to him, not necessarily him popping up somewhere for me. Um, And so that's that's how he most recently uh, reentered my life. And since then, it's I've just been going up to people I know. I'm like, hey, do you know who Frank Zappa is? What's your favorite record? What, what do you know about him? And so I've been able to get turned on to another half dozen records or so.
0: He's a prolific guy. Um, this record came out in 1974. Uh, I think his career began sometime in the early 60s. 18th record in 1970. That's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So did you this brings me to, to a question here Were the dozen other records or so that you went back to for Frank Zappa, did they predate apostrophe in any way, shape or form? Um, and, if, and if they did, was this, do you think that apostrophe was something that he was building towards with those other records?
1: I was surprised to find out that apostrophe wasn't recorded all at once, that it was done over a couple of sessions. Um, I believe the record overnight sensation, I think it came right before this and he had some albums with the mothers. Um, Freak out is, is I think the first time the world gets introduced to Frank Zappa. And I feel very, I feel shameful that I I actually listened to freak out and I was like, this is uh, a not fully ripened yet. He, He still had, had room to grow. I think, um and so most of I would say most of them have been records that followed this one. Although some of those records may have had songs that were written before Apostrophe came out. Um and so there I know there's still like so much to listen to. Cause right if you had those fourteen in uh, you know, let's say 14 years, um I'm You know, he lived another couple of decades after that. So there there are still tens of studio and live records and things like that.
0: Friends, we're talking with Avi Walter here on Cover to Cover with Mad Tarka, all things Frank Zappa, really delving into his 18 studio offering. Apostrophe, this feels like a really great time to talk about your absolute favorite tracks on this record. We can pick out a handful or we can literally do as the show suggests which is go cover to cover um i'll be guided by you avi what do you uh how would you like to approach talking
1: more about the actual songs so i i love that you asked this question i've had the the good fortune um through amazon i've been listening to a couple of the episodes and i always like that you asked that question it's like we can go in whatever order and i was thinking to myself i was like when it's my turn totally gonna do cover to cover like that's got to represent for the title
0: awesome it feels like a classic game show in some
1: respects you know <laughs> it's <laughs> throw all throw all your chips in as it were <laughs> i just read i think it was on cnn so you know maybe some people will say it's fake news um but that adele asked or requested that spotify take the shuffle option off of her new album it's
0: yeah, um, not fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that shows it's like, uh, Avi, you're not listening to the new Adele record. Um, and so, yeah, and, and I absolutely agree with the things that she said, like, you know, we don't put out the songs. We don't just like throw all the tracks in the air and it's like, oh, okay, this is a, um, I really do believe that at least the first time you listen to a record, like just go straight through.
0: Yeah, I, I think she was implying that she wants people to uh, to appreciate the entire body of work as she laid out. And there was a very, you know, there's, there's a methodology that so many musicians use to sequence their tracks. So understand exactly what the, you know, I imagine what the thought process was, but, you know, behind recording and, you know, get the overall vibe and, and texture of anything that an artist, you know, wants to showcase to the rest of the
1: world. That's what I took from from her interview recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. sorry, just because I don't know, have you have you heard the record? Is, can you give me like a quick like, X out I, of ten?
0: I I wish that I could. I w- I've only heard uh, a, one single that I've heard on the radio over the past couple of weeks, so it's currently in my queue of albums to listen to. I do know that it's called Thirty, mm-hmm. and I love the first you know the lead single. What's the first single or the first track on Frag Zappa's apostrophe?
1: Um, It's Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, um, which sort of sets the tone for this side of the record. So these first four or five songs uh, just sort of run together and and tell this story. Um, And so it puts us um, in in the tundra, um, in the snow, and we are we slowly find out over the course of this side of the record that there's um, a seal hunter and he's going to do terrible things and club all these baby seals. And our protagonist is very much against that. I guess that's one of the reasons he's our protagonist. Um, And so he's, yeah, trying to do right up through the snow. Um, And one of the things that I've learned over the past couple of months is, uh, Frank's appreciation, not only that he wrote so much of the music, but his appreciation of percussion and his understanding of timing. And so recently I went back and listened to just this first track and I was like, I can stop the drumming on this one track is so, so good. (laughs) It's not, you know, Neil, it's not going to remind you of Neil Peart. It's just good pocket drumming, but it's very specific. And it very, again, very much follows the narrative and the words and the, th- and what's being the story being told. Um, and of course, of course it's making the joke, you know, don't eat snow that somebody peed in is the whole yellow snow thing. I, that's what I think we can assume. Um, I think the the line is watch out where the Huskies go and don't you eat the yellow snow. Um, so yeah, so, so that's the first track. Um, and I believe it opens with wind blowing, which again, just sort of adds to the, to the atmosphere. Um, for some reason it's weird to think of Frank Zappa and Dr. Dre in the same sentence. Uh, but I think a lot of the things that, something like this adding that snow sound effect reminds me very much of Dr. Dre's use of just putting in sound effects. It's like, and then they close the door, and you hear a door close, and it's like, ah, okay. Um, and so I really appreciate just the thought and effort for things like that when when making a record. Yeah,
0: yeah. Along with Dr. Dre, I'm thinking of a, another lead track, uh, Radiohead's The Bends." that for opening sequence, there's sort of a, a windy kind of thing happening to slightly electronic "Planet telex. Oh, okay. yeah. Right before the lyrics come in. So I wonder if, um, you know, this record from Frank Zappa using those effects, you know, in some way, shape or form inspired, you know, that other band as well. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, are are there any additional lyrics that resonate with you off uh, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow or is the, uh, the actual idea of eating the yellow snow? That's probably the most vivid <laughs> lyric off of here.
1: Um I there's nothing that immediately comes to mind. Um I'm sort of trying to quickly play the song. Luckily it's only 2 minutes, so to play it through in your head only takes about 2 seconds. Um there're no no outstanding lyrics to me on this track. Um uh, but I don't I don't know if I don't know if if you were uh asking and had something in mind if there
0: Oh no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay, so uh, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow opens apostrophe. After Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, we have a song called Nanook, which uh, is mentioned in Don't Eat the Yellow Snow.
1: I believe he's the, I think, he, is he the the, cl- the uh, seal hunter? Um, and sorry, so this one, I actually am going to pull up the lyrics for Okay. Yeah. So again, uh, he gets into some of the sound effects matching the lyrics. Um, so he went right upside the head of my favorite baby seal. He went whack with a lead filled snowshoe. And then you hear in the background, like a, poof, poof, poof. it's like, Oh, that's him. He's beating up the, the baby seal. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, obviously hopefully everyone agrees that clubbing baby seals and, um, you know, killing animals for, to make coats and things like that is uh, antiquated and, and not a good thing. But I I appreciate that uh, he's telling a funny story. Um, and I was just watching a live performance of this side of the record. And he goes, uh, right, I hit him on the nose, I hit him on the fin. And he goes on to say, I hit him on all the disco organs. And I always thought I was like, I don't know. That's the sort of thing that you could you could say out loud today and refer to people's disco organs and all that. But uh, when you're talented and smart enough and in the right time and place, um, and so yeah, uh, Frank is upset about the fact that this guy's beating up uh, beating up this baby seal. Um, and one of the things that Frank Zappa does, perhaps. That he does a lot, at least, is he talks a lot about sex, like a lot, a lot. Um, and so I'm not going to get into the third verse, but I, I've I've heard tale that it's um, reference to to masturbation, maybe. Um, and so I think to me that's just like oh, haha, just. Frank talking about Nanook rubbing it and so on. Um, So it's, there's a, a, yeah, there's a guitar solo in it. I think it's the first time. I'm not sure about that. Um, And in addition to, yeah, all of the composition that Frank did for this um, and it's incredible what he does on the next two songs. um, He also leaves space and uh, for solos and, his knack for improvisation, I think, is also uh, unparalleled. Um, and we can, yeah, he was, he said himself, I believe, that he's uh, greatly inspired by Edgar Varese, who's a 20th century composer, I believe. Um, and I've heard that they both referred to their works, to their solos maybe, as um, structure, they're building structures in air, and so I I I've started to think about that, like, okay, like what does that even mean? Um, and then you just sort I start thinking just of the music almost whipping around like smoke. Um, and their creations are apparent in, in those waves of sound and things like that. Um and so yeah, it would I'd be it would be a mistake to not talk about his his soloing as well and his his guitar playing. Um so yeah Nana grubs it and uh I think those two songs really set up for the next two songs um uh Saint Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast and Father Oh Father Oblivion yes um so it's my personal opinion that I think those two songs should be in the Library of Congress I think they are uh, peak musical experiences Um, you know it's amazing that someone grew to be nine feet tall it's amazing that somebody was able to conceive of these two songs and write them and find the musicians i mean it's it's amazing i can't think of anything else in popular music aside from maybe like dream theater jams that are so composed and so Funny and or they make you smile and they're so interesting, um and so those those two are my favorite from the the intro on Saint Alfonso, which I'm about to butcher, but it's uh and it's just a, a very long seeming seemingly I could imagine someone listening to it and being like, oh, well, this is just noise. And then as you learn, like, oh, wow, okay, he's written, you know, stuff for the bass section. He's written stuff for um, mid-range instruments. He's written xylophone pieces, and it all flows together. Um, It it really is amazing to me.
0: When I first heard that intro, it reminded me of kind of like a breaking news item from a newscast. I don't know why, but it... Mm -hmm but it did. It just, it really caught me off guard.
1: It has that same urgency in it. Um, And then uh, Father Oblivion um, was the perfect, the perfect following track for that. Um, And there's, I know there's a break in it. And then I, it took me years to figure out what the line was after the break. And it's a Latin phrase from, it's like Do- Domine Vobiscum or something like that. So I, my name's Avi. I, I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home, so I don't know much about Catholicism. Um, but I gather it's it's a, a church greeting or something like that. And I really love the melody of that part when he comes back. And so it drove me to uh, look that up. And then I'm going up to all, all my friends. I'm like, did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you say, what what's this about?
0: Yeah, I think it's Latin for the Lord be with you.
1: Ah. Um, and then the, uh, et comes spirit 220, which I, I gather means like, and and with you.
0: Yeah, and I think and also with you.
1: Um, and, or, so that, and Or with your spirit. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was a little bit of educate, of Catholic education that Frank passed on to me. <laughs> <laughs> and... And yes, yeah, so th- again, those those two songs, I feel like, you know, if he had just released those four four minutes of music, be like, all right, that's enough. You you could have, you people should just give you money. You worked very hard. You created something really unique, and thank you for your contribution. But instead, he made another thirty five records. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why why stop in nineteen seventy four? Why stop at eighteen? You know. when it rains when it rains it pours one
1: one thing i know i mentioned uh the drumming on don't eat the yellow snow but i I, i'm just gonna like dump frank zappa adoration all over the place um all of all of that's a terrible way way to start something many of his his drummers have gone on to to gain recognition around the world as just top-notch drummers um vinnie um, Vinny Calyuta became a drummer of his. Um, Terry Bozio, who last I heard played with Korn for a while, um, came out of Frank Zappa's camp, and both of those, I suspect, are huge names. Huge names for any drummers listening. Um, I mentioned Jim Gordon was uh, went on to become a session player, and uh, uh, yeah. So I, I would just point out I just wanted to share that more you know Frank is great and you know he writes great drum parts for great drummers and obviously has a knack for choosing the right people
0: that's really interesting I didn't realize that he wrote all the drum parts and then would sit down with either his drummer or a session musician and just kind of work things out I I wonder what that dynamic must be like if they just kind of are are sitting kit to kit and just working out pieces, you know, in the studio.
1: So I think that he wrote it all in sheet music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, um, again, is just like more of more influencing power to be like, Hey folks, learn how to read music. Um, the more, the more I've wanted to get into, playing music not necessarily writing music but but playing music and finding all those little nooks and crannies that music fits in you know if it's playing at a wedding or playing uh in a musical it's like okay learning how to read music is is important for that kind of stuff or as my friend pointed out if you had a good idea wouldn't you want to write it down and I was like oh that's that's why you need to write music, because you can't just write, but bum, 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 bum. So, yeah, so I think for lots of these, it was just, you know, here's the sheet music. And uh, I assume as well that there are times you just like, okay, here's a jam part. Um, you know, just don't mess it up.
0: Friends, we are speaking with bass player extraordinaire, avi walter here on cover to cover here with matt tarka and uh we're talking about frank zappa and his 18th record apostrophe what's next avi is it cosmic debris yeah
1: and uh I mentioned, what do you think
0: about this track
1: yeah uh, a friend of mine i remember listening to this album in college i won't say what year it is because i don't want to think about it um And my friend told me that his favorite track was cosmic debris because again, of the the storytelling aspect of it and the meaning of it. So, uh, Frank Zappa famously or infamously, um, not only was sober or didn't do drugs, um, and, and asked of his band that they not do it also. Uh, and he's, I think if you listen to a lot of the lyrics, you hear some of his general skepticism um, there. And so this song seems to be about somebody who's, well, I guess they're, he's telling it from the other perspective. So it's the story of somebody who's trying to sell all this hippie um, mumbo jumbo and fortune telling with crystals and blah, 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 blah. Someone who's trying to sell that to this other guy and who's like, look, you know, I take a newspaper and wrap it around my head. So you think that I'm deep and I have this crystal ball and, um, I'll be able to tell you this and that. And so I think it's just sort of in a, in a sense, him poking fun at a lot of the, um, crystal wearing, uh, shaman seeking hippies that he's either seen, uh, he's from California And he had, um, a residency in New York as well. So he's sort of seen a lot of the culture from two of those centers of, of music. And so, yeah, I think he's just sort of, uh, having fun with this one, but it's another, another great solo. And I believe it's, um, it almost, oh no, I think that's Stinkfoot. Okay. I'll I'll save it for that, but he also uses a lot of, in addition to the (laughs) kind of stuff that he does, I feel like he also uses more conventional feels, you know, he might use like a blues or something like that just to tell the story, and then he'll get into the more complicated, really wild music stuff um, to complement the storytelling. Um, and so in addition to a lot of the, the, that crazy stuff, you also get moments where it's just like, okay, this is just like a nice rock song. It's not heavy. It's not in my face. Um, and so that's how I feel about some of the, the music in cosmic debris and, uh, Nana grubs rubs it.
0: So cosmic debris closes side a. It's a perfect closer to what, you know, on its face kind of seems like a, you know, a a, co- a a concept album, I guess, with all of these characters kind of intertwined and sort of feeding off one another. Um, would that be fair to say? Would that be fair to call it, you know, sort of a cosmic or cosmic, a concept album towards the very beginning?
1: I, I would absolutely agree with that.
0: Okay. So then we
1: flip the record over to side B and we have eccentric. It's going to be a rough one for me. Centrifugal ex- force. That's, that's not,
0: a- that's a mouthful.
1: <laughs> what well, do you
0: think about X, ex- <laughs> Centrifugal um, force or force?
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, it's, I think that the whole tone is different. Um, You know, he said, you know, and now we flip over the record. I'm like, you know, I I don't have that on vinyl. But it's like, man, if I bought that record, I wouldn't flip it over. I would just be like, we need to revisit side one again. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, different strokes for different folks. So, so yeah, supposing somebody turned the record over. um, And, yeah, and this is just like a quick little jam, it it seems. Um, There's some cool cool guitar work, but it doesn't have any of the, in my mind, it doesn't strike me with the same level of intense orchestration as, you know, those two songs I mentioned, St. Alfonso and Father Oblivion. Um, and yeah, so it's a, it's a nice little song and I feel like it does a good job almost to be like, okay, that, that story is done. We're, we're onto something else now. And for, an album that's made up mostly of this of that side a stuff it's called apostrophe but uh, that that song is what's track two on side two but that like has nothing to do with any of the story that we just heard um, which I find which I find interesting um, and it may be on the next track Uh, apostrophe yeah let's assume that it's on apostrophe that he he has this conversation with the dog um and the the dog tells him the crux of the biscuit is the apostrophe i have no idea what that means i don't know if if matt if you can shed light on that from the songwriting perspective
0: that's a tricky one because (laughs) he does go through a whole series of contractions like doesn't can't won't don't Hasn't, isn't, ain't, shouldn't, couldn't. There's kind of this inherent negativity with contractions, but I wonder, I I really truthfully have no idea why that's the crux of the biscuit unless he's substituting
1: biscuit or
0: argument for biscuit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh well, well, yeah now now I feel like I have to go back and and listen to it and be like oh maybe and one thing about it is we need to to remember like frank says this is the dog talking now mhm um so it may be something that our four-legged friends understand better than we do
0: i would say yes <laughs> I'd, I'd say we're on the right track now with our conversation about <laughs> what the dog is really getting up to by talking (laughs) about the crux of the biscuit. Um, maybe it's the idea of just kind of reading between the lines, you know, Mm -hmm. there's this positive, but then there, it, it all of a sudden, you know, a thought can turn negative based on the contraction, you know, substituting for the word not. So to find some sort of happy medium, you know, with sometimes words that can be very confusing or ideas that can be very confusing. You get to the the kernel on the inside, and maybe that kernel's a, a bit of a compromise.
1: I like that especially since since you know the apostrophe is in the in the middle, it's like, oh well, it's actually the sixth character out of eight, but like you know we mean it's it's in between the two ends. In all of those those words that, um, you know, it don't and so on. It's anybody's guess. <laughs> and I'm it's- sure that he would have uh, been upset with the question. He would have, you know, either either made us feel dumb about it or given some uh, entertaining quip about it. But I'm confident that he would not give an answer.
0: Friends we're talking with. Avi Walter here on cover to cover with Mad Tarka about Frank Zappa's apostrophe. We're trying to figure out exactly at this moment in time, what the crux, of the biscuit is, <laughs> is it the apostrophe who in the world knows, but it's certainly some, uh, some really interesting and delicious food for thought. I guess we can, you know, take the pun there if you will. Um, after apostrophe, what do we have? Do we have any? Uh, do we have any tracks prior to that? You mentioned Stinkfoot, which is uh, it's, you know it's a walloping six minutes and thirty two seconds. Does this uh, does this song resonate for you in any way, shape, or form? Does it um, does it relate in any way to to apostrophe?
1: Sure. Um, so sorry, I'll I'll quickly. Uncle Remus is is in, oh, in between. Those. Thank you. Yes. Oh, no problem. Um, and I see that it's penned along with George Duke again, who's a great jazz piano player, and everybody should listen to him as much as they can. Um, and I didn't realize that Uncle Remus is a black character from other media, and so I, I my understanding is Frank was like, "Hey, here's this song," and George Duke's like, "Um, you." you sure you want to do that? Um, you might get canceled. Um, and so, but this is, this is one of my favorite songs. And I remember wanting to do it almost at like an open mic uh, and be able to do it as, as a, in like a the vein of a songwriter, but it's a little, it's a little more complicated than I anticipated. And so I was drilling and drilling and, and wasn't able to pull it off. Um, but absolutely, you know, one of my favorite Songs, I mean, I could say it about, I guess, every song on the record, but one of my favorites on the record because it opens with piano and it's just starts off very singer songwritery and then has a kick ass solo. And uh, again, the lyrics are funny. Um, I'm trying to, uh, it's like we look good in these clothes until we get sprayed with a hose, which presumably is a civil rights reference.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the the Bull Connor incident in Alabama.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um and so uh it's it's just uh another sort of tongue-in-cheek um humorous song and doesn't it doesn't have any of those again very seriously composed pieces that i can recall it's just good songwriting um and of course again a great band um and then, as you mentioned, after that is Stinkfoot, which is a song near and dear to my heart. Um, or Stinkfoot, or as us regular folk who wear tennis shoes or the occasional python boot may know it as Stinkfoot. And that goes boom, ba boom, boom. And I was, I was uh, working on a tune of mine and I was like, what can I put to make this dramatic transition happen? and i was just futzing around my apartment and that lick came on and i was like that's it there it is this section is now written it's just boom boom bum 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 i was like all right thank you song done um, and he does some he does some cool things with his voice on it um, so i think he throws an octave pedal down on it when he goes stinkfoot um which makes it sound a little bit cartoony um and again i have no idea what i mean maybe he's just talking about like athlete's foot i i haven't googled what bromidrosis is um but may, maybe i don't know what the, if that's a word
0: it's a good question it's a foul smelling body odor related to your sweat oh so it's- it could be related to your feet
1: oh, okay. it's sort of an overarching condition. <laughs> so, Oh, I was about to be like, Oh, B O. And I was like, no, that's body odor. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'd learned that that's a, a second kernel of wisdom that I've picked up here. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, uh, every time yeah, all of these songs, it's like, anytime I put on this record, I need to listen to da-da-da. So it's, like, really just that uh, difficult-to-pronounce track that's only, I think, like, 90 minutes. Um, or, sorry, 90 seconds. Um, that, But it's like, why would I skip over that? That's just, like, fun noise that that he wanted on the record. And there's one... Speaking of things that he wants on the record, I forget if it's, I think it's the end of Nanook Rubs It. You just hear like a little xylophone, like bling, and then some people laughing. And the whole thing is like four seconds. And why? It's like if you set the table and you put out all the crystals, and or, you know, the crystal glasses and all that, and then you took a giant pen and signed your name on the tablecloth. It's like, why you had this beautiful thing and you just like, for the sake of a joke, you put it there. I don't know exactly what his, what his, um, meaning was and is including that. Maybe it's just like a home movies type thing that it was just fun. And he wanted to remember that.
0: It's an, it's an interesting sound effect or an interesting choice to kind of break up really complex subjects and patterns and keep things light on their feet mm-hmm. friends are talking with avi walter here on cover to cover with matt tarka all things frank zappa all things apostrophe and then some um i think we've just concluded side b so uh if it's okay with you why don't we transition into talking a little bit about cover art sure okay so as we both know When it comes to releasing music, it's still very much kind of the Wild West. There are so many different ways that you can do it, but the one pervasive thing that exists with any kind of release is some sort of cover art, whether it be a painting or a photograph, something that's supposed to give uh, a, a kind of representation for the piece of art you're about to experience. When you look at this piece of cover art representing apostrophe, do you think it's kind of an accurate representation of what you're about to experience, or do you think it's kind of a misdirection in, in some respects?
1: Um, I think so it's a slightly just like slightly off center picture of Frank Zappa's face, a photograph of Frank Zappa's face. Um, and he's not smiling. You can't really see his lips. Um, I would say he has a serious look on his face. I don't know that he's necessarily upset. Maybe in need of a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, that I uh, I could argue that that look sort of goes into it. He's like, I did all this, and now, now look at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and he, pr- so, he produced the record. Um, mm-hmm. He has, I mean, it's definitely a
1: strong, you know, stamp on apostrophe. I feel like a number, you know, it's like, I think I would guess on the back of the record it says, oh no, that's not true. Um, I was going to be like, it says songs written and composed by Frank Saba, but there are a couple credits that he shares with others um, or a couple songs that he shares credit on. But I get the impression that, you know, he kept all of his master tapes. He kept all of this. Everything was out of the mind of Frank Zappa. And of course, that's not true. Anyone that's listened to music knows that every person that plays or records on something adds something to it. It's why you would choose um, staying in the same time period. It's why you would choose John Bonham over Ringo Starr or Keith Moon over John Bonham, whatever. Um, and so I think that. I, I, yeah, my, my feeling is, is that he wants us to be like, okay, this is from the mind of Frank Zappa. And so it's, it's just him.
0: (laughs) He looks like a man that's been just slaving away in the studio for years, (laughs) trying to get this recording out. Um, and looking a little closer at the liner notes, some of these tracks were perhaps just one or two started off back in 1969 5 years before its release so it's i mean it's certainly not a patchwork album in any way shape or form it's incredibly cohesive but the process of getting it out there took a long time uh but he was also working on some other projects right i think you had mentioned that he was working on Overnight Sensation the year before so yeah mm-hmm, that's a that's amazing to me to be working on two records essentially at the same time
1: yeah absolutely um and i think i'm sorry i hate to be um was hot hot rats i think is also before before this record which is a whole other amazing record in itself um yeah like uh, even uh, i don't know if if this happens to you as a songwriter but it's like even writing two songs at the same time. It's like, I can't, I can't really handle that. I need to dive into this right now. Um, And he's like, Oh yeah, I've got, you know, three albums I'm working on plus a movie that I'm making plus. And one of his sons tells us, uh, says like on Frank's birthday, he visits his grave and buys him a pack of cigarettes, buys him a pack of cigarettes and a double espresso. And it's like, All right. Yeah. He was just, he was just working all the time, all the time. Um, and yeah, so it's incredible. It's incredible what he was able to accomplish and, and we as fans should appreciate, just appreciate the amount of work that he put in.
0: Absolutely. Um, Avi, is there anything additional that you would like to add to the whole, you know, crux of the argument? of apostrophe is there anything that we've we haven't discussed that you want to to bring some further attention towards
1: i would uh i would repeat that i think saint alfonso and father oblivion should be in the library of congress um and the difference i I didn't mention this when we spoke about the song apostrophe but i think i'm very turned on by and interested in the difference in guitar. Tones that he has for the solo and during the backing solo, it's it would seem like they'd be competing for space. But I'm very impressed by how he carves out sonic space for each of them. And there are some cool things that he's inspired me to try in recording um, as a result of that. But I would I would say, yeah, those San Alfonso and Father Oblivion in the National Library of Congress, and if people want. Not such crazy stuff. They should check out Side 2 for songs like Apostrophe and Stinkfoot.
0: Avi Walter of Bells and Hunters, All the Best Kids, also formerly of Albino Rhino, and today, Friday Night Flicks, thank you so much for being on the program today and talking about things all Frank Zappa. It's been a real treat to have you.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Thanks so much to all of you for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether that's on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or maybe even Amazon. Take a moment to tell a friend or tell some of your family members about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That will certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover dot cover conversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.